Hey, thanks again for listening to the Rise Youth Parent Podcast. This is a youth pastor's perspective for parents of teens. This week, I want to address a really important question, and it's uh, this question that I think many of us may have thought or wondered, um, and it's, is youth group worth the risk? The other day, I listened to a podcast by a very famous pastor who assured his church that there would be no services of any kind except online until 2021. Social distance is the new rule of the day. Because we are in a pandemic, I understand that, right? Safety is so important. However, while that is true, I've also kind of begun asking this question. What if, in some ways, we are being taught to value safety and health above our need for community, discipleship, and connection with God and others? We get groceries, and some of us even go out to eat. We deem many things essential in the midst of a pandemic. But what about church participation? I'm suggesting God's people deem church, done safely, essential. Here's a few reasons I'm convinced youth group could be worth the risk. Number one, students need youth group. Without doubt, I prioritize safety. To be honest, I actually avoid all sickness, not just this virus, to a fault. I'm a germaphobe and I believe in clean. But you know what's not good for the world? You know what's worse than coronavirus? Young people who are isolated. Look, if we commit to live without church and youth group, we're allowing the sole source of community for our kids to be the non-Christian world, random interactions with Christians in online environments. And the odds are digital community will be king for your kids. So teenagers in 2020, they're digital natives, right? This basically means that they're more comfortable with technology than we ever were or will be. This is important to recognize because it means they will more naturally gravitate to online sources such as video games or social media to fulfill their longing for community. And so how long will this last, this kind of like online existence? A year or heaven forbid, two years? This has big implications. A person's most critical development happens as a teenager. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. This is more true of teenagers whose brains are hardwired to be heavily invested in peer relationships. They will be teenagers for exactly five years, that's 13 to 17. To surrender two years is 40% of those most critical years. Think about that. Like really digest it. So you're saying for up to two years of their most critical psychological and spiritual development, we'll just surrender them over to digital and random community rather than discipleship and Jesus-centered community, all for the sake of health? If so, what we're really saying is that time spent in Christian community and discipleship is less essential than trips to Costco. We put on masks and enter Costco, right? Shouldn't walking with God and growing in Jesus-centered community be even more essential in this time of politically polarized culture, time of global crisis, or even at least as necessary as Costco? I'm contending we mask kids up, put sanitizer everywhere, Lysol everything, and engage in Jesus-centered community. Number two, church can be done safely. I mentioned being a germaphobe, and that was basically an understatement, right? I, I might have a problem. 
Like, do you know a psychiatrist level problem? Like, I don't drink off family. I will cause a scene if you drink off my drink. Like, for real. Like, don't mess around, bro. And also, why are you standing so close? Like, back away from me. You're gonna give me COVID, please. Often, I fire grocery stores and local businesses that do dirty. It's one strike, you're out. I can't, I just can't. I assess everything by like their bathrooms and their dish room. I actually judge those areas and decide if I like a place. So you can have bomb appetizers, but if you don't stay clean, I'm out. And here's the great thing. Ever since COVID-19, everyone has begun thinking like me, right? So some businesses won't make it because they aren't going to be clean enough for people to come back. And I think that's a win for those of us obsessed with germophobia. This shouldn't be a mindset for restaurants and grocery stores only. The church should be among the safest and cleanest places in our city. God's church isn't called to be second in quality to the culture's businesses. We are called to lead and influence them. To that end, at Rise, we pay a cleaning company. We do Lysol wipes. We create a clean space. Not only that, we are called by God to be intentional about everything we do. From spaced seating arrangements to contact tracing, our team has fought to not only follow the government's guidelines, but exceed them. Why? Because we aren't serving the government. We're called to honor the government, but we are accountable to someone with infinitely higher authority, Jesus. So the church is accountable to keep people safe. Be honest and transparent if someone has tested positive. Contact trace and be intentional about prevention on the front end. We are the church of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. That includes you, coronavirus. That doesn't mean we ignore guidelines, but that we go above and beyond in submitting to them and creating a safe environment. In our context, this means cleaning everything, arranging everyone in smaller groups, less than 25 people to a room as of now, providing sanitizer, washing hands, and doing social distance and masking up, right? We take it personally to keep the students, families, and city we love safe. But even as I say that, um, some of you guys are um, not going to prioritize gathering, not going to prioritize youth group, or uh, maybe have kids who don't prioritize it. And I'm not here to like beat you up for that. I just want to ask a question that gets to the heart of why. And here's number three. How much is it really about safety? Now, this may be controversial, all right, but I'm going to say it. It's been nice not going to church. There, it's all out there in the open. But think about what that means. I'm a pastor, theology geek, and church-obsessed weirdo. I'm a nerd for church stuff. Lindsay and I go to churches on vacation. Like, let that sink in for a sec. Like, we have scheduled, like, multiple vacations in the past for a Sunday on purpose so that we could visit a church in a different city. That is serious church nerddom, fam. But there's, there's a truth here. Uh, not running three and eventually four services at Rise has been nice to a certain extent, right? Now, if I feel that way as a pastor and card-carrying church geek, how much more true is, it, uh, is that of the everyday Christian, right? How many of us would be honest enough to admit that it's not always safety that's keeping us from community? Listen, legitimate concerns for safety are totally understandable. But for many of us, it's also true that we've lost the habit of attending church. That's a discipline many of us worked to embed into our lives and family routines, but it's been broken by the virus. 
Do you not think Satan is at all glad to see us lose that discipline in our lives? As Christians, we know that there is a war going on in the unseen realm for our souls, our families, and the future generations. But engaging with the body of Christ, attending, worshiping, learning, and serving, it's all part of how we wage war. Getting our families and students back in a church life is, as a kind of a regular part of our family culture, is an important step. I think if we're honest, sometimes our concerns with safety are more layered than we realize. And what's at stake by totally disengaging from church is much greater than we realize too. Now, for some of us, uh, there's a great deal of real concern and sacrifice. So please let me take a moment to speak kind of into this uh, difficult thing for some of you guys to actually attend, um, you know, discipleship groups or let your kids attend discipleship groups. So here's number four. We are called to calculated risks for the kingdom. So there's this freshman dude in my small group here at Rise Youth who started coming to these week, these kind of Wednesday nights discipleship groups environments that we've been creating. And he's new to the faith, super humbled. He came in um, basically spiritually curious week after week. And I've watched him become hungry for God. He recently joined the student leadership Bible study and asked what he could do to serve. His heart is soft to the things of God and he's hungry for mentorship. And you know what? The world would tell that kid to wait until the pandemic is over to be discipled in Jesus Center community. You know what I say? No. Follow Jesus now. Mask up. Be careful. Honor the vulnerable. Protect, uh, you know, the weak. Participate in a mixture of in-person and digital kinds of gatherings and, and discipleship. Great. But let's get him plugged in. I want to see him keep growing as a Jesus follower. And so, like, I'm walking with him. So I have, I have high-risk relatives, right? Plural. I'm a dad with three kids. I feel the weight of responsibility if I get sick or risk my children getting sick. So I go to grocery stores, though, knowing that there is some inherent risk involved. Why do I do it? Uh, because if I do not, there is an even greater risk of my kids being hungry and therefore grumpy, right? I've calculated that one risk is worth the other risk. It's calculated. So think about this. We are constantly taking calculated risks in order to work, eat, or go to the hardware store. And so I need you to see this. COVID-19 is not the only risk involved. There is an eternal risk involved in keeping our families away from Jesus-centered community. Life itself is not without risk, you guys. Following Jesus itself has never been without risk. Following Jesus is perhaps more risky in this life than it is to remain in unbelief. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The Jadens are a family committed to taking calculated, fact-driven, mask-covered risks for the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? Here's the conclusion, okay? Church can be done safely, and I am going to unapologetically find a safe way to disciple students. Spaced out, smaller groups, honoring the government, 100%. But if you think I'm going to wait to see a generation lost to lies, sin, unbelief, politics, and an online social life for the next two years, you've got another thing coming. 
Remember, when the men uh, over in that chapter uh, five of Luke, they carry this paralytic friend of theirs up the roof and then they like get on the roof and they can't get through the roof. So they break another guy's roof to get this paralyzed dude to Jesus. It's like that, okay? It's like that with Rice Youth. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to reach students for Jesus. I'm ready to see 75 students with masks, broken into groups, across our building, being poured into by some of the best youth leaders in our city. And yes, that's within Oregon guidelines for churches and our square footage here at Rise. By the way, okay, it's, it's, it's totally a doable thing. It depends on entrances, how much you can social distance, so on and so forth. So we are allowed to do that, 75 students. Hell is still hot in the midst of a pandemic. Souls are still on the line and eternity is still forever. We need a Jesus movement now more than ever. Revival is essential, and I'm praying to see Jesus win the future.